Welcome to the Difference of 13 podcast, where we make a difference by doing it differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Difference of 13. We're really excited. Uh, we have an awesome guest with us from halfway across the world. Um, she is quite the accomplished uh, author, and, I mean, just a bunch, but I yeah. guess we'll let her tell this, her. This talk is more our about first international. This is our first international interview. This is a very it's a big exciting. Moment. So, um, you've gone as far as you could possibly go for your first international interview. I think so. <laughs> I think we are as pot, yeah, that's probably as far apart as we could possibly be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we are so excited to have Kim Forrester with us. Um, we're going to have all of her contact information in the show notes, how to get a hold of her. Um, but I think the best way to start is to let her introduce herself. So, Kim, thank you so much for being here with us today. We, or this, I guess, this evening for you, this morning for us. Um, we are so excited to have you. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you, your background, how you've gotten to where you are, and um, we'll go from there. Sure. So the funny accent is because I'm a New Zealander. Um, I left New Zealand about 17 years ago, though, and I've been living around Southeast Asia, Australia ever since. Spent some time in Europe when I was a bit younger as well. So I'm a global citizen. Um, I'm also so the role that I play now is I am a holistic well-being educator. So that means that I take um, science and traditional spiritual philosophies, non-religious spiritual philosophies, and I blend them together to try and help people make sense of um, soulful living, but in a way that's really intellectual and grounded in modern understanding and modern intellect. So that's basically what I'm about. Um, I deal with everything from, um, you know, the sixth sense, which science has shown is actually a very natural phenomenon, right through to happiness, fulfillment, sense of purpose, conflict resolution, um, or everything that we deal with in our lives that kind of creates a little bit of conflict, a little bit of tension that takes away that opportunity to be happy. Um, I try to bring in science and and spiritual understanding, blend them together and say, hey, have you thought of it this way? That's awesome. And now I'm assuming this took many years to get to this point. You know, you know how, what kind of started you down this path? Um, when I was 26, I went to my very first um, spiritual development circle, and I used to sit there and, and we'd do meditations, and then we'd give each other intuitive messages and whatnot. And I was absolutely terrible at it. And then I think I'm um, <laughs> terrible, really bad. Um, and then over time, my intuition became a lot stronger. Um, and um, through that, I learned to understand other people a lot better and I learned to understand myself a lot better. It's really amazing when you get to crack under the surface of what society has told you to be. You, you, it's, a, it's astounding how many habits and behaviors and beliefs that we have simply because we've been told and taught to be that way. And the moment you, you start dealing intuitively or soulfully in your life, all of that sort of fades away because you're dealing on a different level and and then you get to learn to be more of who you are you get to live more authentically um and today we're going to be talking about busyness and this is really powerful in terms of being busy and being overwhelmed with busyness because um one of the things that we've been taught in society is that we should um revere the clock and the calendar rather than our own natural inherent rhythms and the rhythms of life um, and the seasons of change and of growth and um, um, of activity and rest that actually are apparent in our life if we stop and pay attention to them. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely could use some help with the busyness side of things yeah. personally. <laughs> uh, we actually, I was a little bit late, uh, obviously, because right. I was with somebody else, out, you know, with a client beforehand. So mm-hmm. overbooking myself is definitely an issue that I have. Um, where have you experienced busyness in your life there? Well, there's, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. And, you know, you go to the dinner party and people say, what do you do? Well, I stay home with kids. Well, that's kills the conversation right there because I wasn't busy enough. And they're like, oh, how nice for you. You must have time to take naps during the day, et cetera. Yeah, that's not true. But this idea that you're only interesting if you are super busy and you have 100 things going on. It's extraordinary, Terry, that the reason that we are, that we are compelled to be so busy, to our, often to our own detriment, mm-hmm. is because we have learned to value ourselves and each other by what we do. Right. You're going to a dinner party, and the first thing people ask is, oh, so what do you do? And if you don't have some really interesting, in-depth, crazy story about what you contribute to society in terms of your doing this, mm-hmm. then you're regarded as sort of not having much value at all. And that's a pity because who we are, so who we be, is actually far more valuable to the community and the people around us than what we do. I want to start the conversation, though, with it like a disclaimer, because when I talk about authentic living, that means that we've got 7.5 billion people on the planet. That means there's 7.5 billion stories. Um, so as we go through this conversation now, we'll obviously be talking about the two of you and perhaps other examples, but um, we cannot make it wrong to be busy, because in some people's lives, busyness is just the way it is. If you are, if you're a single parent, you are busy. Exactly. If you're a working parent and you're holding down two parents and just trying to raise your children, you are busy. If you're if you're caring for um, an elderly parent or someone with special needs, you are busy. Um, if you wake up inspired and you have a sense of purpose and you're driven to create something or, or um, to fulfill some dream or passion, you're really busy. Um, so it's not necessarily about the what of being busy, but what I want to discuss with you today is the what is the busyness doing to us? Mm-hmm. If the busyness is overwhelming and if it is draining us or if it is causing us to feel unwell, um, depressed, anxious, or simply a lot of us, I think, are so busy that we are unable to show our fellow humans common decency and respect because we're so stressed. When we get to that point, we each have an opportunity and a, and a choice to actually stop and say, okay, why am I busy and what can I that can at least bring me a little bit more balance and fulfillment in my life. Yeah, I think when, uh, when you mentioned when you get too busy that you can actually be like, you know, uncourteous. And I think right. of driving in the car when I'm late to p- bring my kid to school and they're cutting off the <laughs> guy yeah. in front of you and they're honking at you. And yeah, um, yeah you do have to you gotta take a deep breath and hey, we'll get there when we get there. And um, okay. But I think it's so easy to get caught up in that yes. of just running, you know, bulldozing people um, just because you feel like you have to get somewhere or you got to do something. Uh, and, and, and Chris, when you're in that moment, do you ever stop and think about why you're doing what you're doing? And I don't, I don't even think of things you, none of us do this. We, we go through life and go, I have to go here or worse. I should. I oh, should. The should. Right? I should. <laughs> 
Uh, my mother always warned me of the world of shoulds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, excuse my language. We keep, we, 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 yeah, we curse a little bit, but you know, I call it shooting on ourselves. That's what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. we, um, we often go through life sort of like a hamster on a wheel and we're fulfilling these obligations that we think we should or we think that are right or we think that the only way to get to where we want to go to. And a lot of what, and that's what I was saying about um, it's, it's okay to be busy if at the end of that day you're feeling just overwhelmed with a sense of purpose, fulfillment and productivity. I have moments like that in my life where I just go, 16 hours of the day, I'm fat out, and I get to the end and go, yeah, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then I have other periods in my life where I go, I simply can't breathe anymore, or I'm ratty at my family, or I am the demon behind the wheel of the car. Get out of there! <laughs> Don't slow me down! Yeah. Um, so... I have come to learn in those moments, I go, whoa, hello, this busyness is not, it's not serving me anymore. So what am I, where am I going to and why am I rushing there? What, yeah. what do I think is waiting for me at the other end of all of this? Yeah. So what are, you know, a lot of, a lot of the listeners and viewers that we have, you know, I'm sure are totally in agreement. I think their next question is, well, how the heck do I, you know, I think A, identify Mm -hmm. um, when that's occurring, and then B, you know, what do I, what can they do about it? How, you know, how do you fix it? Right. Oh, there's a good, this is a question. Um, first of all, if you're if you're an expressive person like I am, you know when you are overwhelmed with busyness. Right. Okay. So let's just take the general. Let's take these incredible people whose lives are full of obligation, right? We're going to talk about them in a minute. Let's just talk about you and I and just filling our lives with stuff. Um, we know when we're overwhelmed with business because it doesn't feel fun anymore. We are yelling at the slow person who's driving in the fast lane because they're holding us up. We are walking in the door and, and you know, yelling at, at our loved ones because we simply just, we're so tense and wound up and, and we can't be held back anymore. For people who are less expressive, it often comes through in the body. You can't swallow that kind of tension and not have it exhibited mm -hmm. somewhere in the body. So we're talking about um, not sleeping well, anxiety, depression, um, aches and pains, grinding of the teeth, you know, how many people mm -hmm. sort of their teeth at night because they're holding in the stress. Those are the signs that it's not working for. And um Perhaps we'll start with the others first. Perhaps we'll start with who might be listening to this and going, you've got to be kidding, there's no way. After I've done my three jobs and come home and done the kids' homework and then gone and, and you know, fed my grandmother, how do I possibly um, reduce the, the load of work in my life? Um, and for those people and for anyone else who's just overwhelmed with busyness, my first piece of advice is we have to look at, are we doing things because we should or are we doing things because we want to? 
And so for those who come home and they've had a day up to here with activity and then their kid and you know and then the kids are hungry obviously and they have to get that done and they have to also help with the maths program and it's really easily and I know Terry that you'll know this is stay at home mum it's really easy to fall into that sense of oh all these obligations and you know mm-hmm. I I, sh- I should get up and feed the kids now or I should take Molly to ballet or I should do all of this kind of stuff um, the fact is that if you check in, a lot of times you might find that it's not that you should, but that you want to. You actually want to feed your children. Right. Right? Yeah, once in a while. <laughs> okay. Even if it is ketchup on toast, let's be honest. And and who hasn't been there? <laughs> or cornflakes for dinner. Um, but you want to feed your children. You want to help your elderly grandmother. You want to help them understand maths. And, and just even changing that attitude in yourself, it takes away that sense of resentment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you have busyness that simply you, you don't feel it's possible to remove from your life, check in. Are you doing it because you should or are you doing it because you want to? So that's the attitude change. Now, sometimes or a lot of times, if you haven't necessarily got those obligations, you'll check in and you'll go, am I doing this because I should or because I want to? Oh, no, I'm definitely doing it because I feel I should. Did I put my hand up at the PTA meeting or the PGA meeting, right? (laughs) Did I put my hand up because um, it was inspired and I felt a spark of interest and, and purpose and meaning behind that? Or did I do it because... Well, I don't want to be judged by that person over there, or you know, the last time I said no, such and such gossiped about me or said something nasty about me for 15 years. Um, those are the kinds of obligations that we have to acknowledge and then be brave and courageous enough to actually work beyond and go, right, I'm only going to fill my life with things that I actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Following on from that, so when I was overwhelmed um, with business, one of the things I learned to do, and I'm a people pleaser, right? Absolutely, yes, 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 absolutely. Fill my day with obligations and and, um, and tasks and, and supporting other people and helping other people simply because I didn't realize there was an option to say no. To well, I learned to say no, and I learned to say no a lot. Um, and it's really scary sometimes. And I admire the people who, who know how to say no and know what their boundaries are. Um, that wasn't the case for me. And when I started saying no, I thought everyone was going to think I was the most awful, mean, selfish woman on the planet. Um, and I thought that I would never, ever be invited back to that dinner party again. Or I thought that, you know, that person will never speak to me because they'll think I'm so selfish. And none of that happened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All that happened was people went, oh, okay, and moved on, right? So learn to say no a lot. What would be, if, in terms of helping somebody take that first step to say no for the first time or um, any tips that, like, that, you, that helped you to start to be able to say, no, I can't go to the dinner party. <laughs> I have something else going on. Or, you know, well, how, do, how do you get the courage up to actually do that? Um. If you feel like you're being an absolute monster, you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's that as works. simple as that. 
Yep. One thing somebody shared with me when I was at that stage of just too many, too many people asking me to volunteer and do things was we have a tendency to say no because, and we feel like we need to qualify that no. And a friend said, just say no. No, I can't do it. I don't have room in my schedule right now, or I have other plans. And my other plans might be staying home and being with my kids, watching, you know, a movie together. I don't need to qualify that I have something more important to do on their terms of importance, but on my terms of importance. So just say no. No, I can't. I'm sorry. More powerful than that, you just reminded me of a really powerful piece of research that came out. It's actually easier, more powerful for us to say no if we say I don't rather than I can't. Mm, so, yeah. I like that. so um, someone asks you to volunteer for another thing. You say, I'm sorry, I don't volunteer for more than two things at a time. Or I'm sorry, I don't ever leave the house until in, on weeknights unless all of my housework is up to date. By using that word don't, it depersonalizes the whole thing. It's not me being an absolute cow. Um, it's just the <laughs> rule. It's the way that it is. Right. So, yeah, so a great piece of advice there. And I know we shouldn't, we shouldn't mm-hmm. have to um, justify ourselves. But you're moving into that space of self-empowerment without no, um, it, it feels like you that you must that you must tell people, I'm still a nice person, I need you to understand. Um, So gift yourself the use of the word don't rather than can't. Know in yourself what your own limits are, and then if you're being asked to step beyond those limits, simply say, you don't have to say, I'm sorry, but that's a disease we have too, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Women, Canadians and New Zealanders, we say sorry all the time for everything. Um, But... (laughs) Um, I would love to help, but I don't. Um, I don't go out in the weeknights because my children need to um, do their homework, or mm-hmm. I I don't commit to anything this close to Christmas or Thanksgiving. It's that simple, right? That's great. I'd like to ask a personal question here. Uh, you know, as a as a business owner, and you know, going you know thirty different directions at a time. Going back to the the shoulds versus the wants. So for me personally, I you know I want to be working on business development and, and making relationships and that. Um, but I feel like at times I should be seeing patients or I, you know I, I I need to be seeing patients. Um, you know how and you know that's not unique to me as a business owner in terms of a lot of people trying to make that transition out of being in the business and more spending your days working on the business. Any suggestions or advice in terms of how to how to how do you, how do you navigate that? How do you how do you make that happen? One of the bad habits and expectations that I think that we've um, we've acquired that we've adopted through society is that we have to do in order to be successful, and that the um, just think of it this way: with everything that you do through your day, Chris, do you sort of have it have an understanding deep inside that if you do everything right, then everything should fall into place? Right. If you yeah. talk, mm-hmm. if you talk to the right person at the right time, then bang, it, it um, should all be successful, and, and and we can tie it up with a big beautiful red bow, and it's done. That's not how life works. It's never yeah. how life. Works. Right. Right. Life is not, and life is never linear, and 
I think a lot of our doing, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, particularly if you're in business, a lot of the doing is simply because you are fearful of sitting still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel like you feel like if you're, you know, think like I'll get up, you know, four o'clock in the morning a lot of times because I know that everybody else is probably sleeping and I'm gonna gain a leg up at that point. And if right. it's like, you right. know, if it's you know four o'clock on a Friday, I'm gonna keep working because everyone else went home early or. Um, you just feel like if you're not doing something, you're not moving forward a lot of the times. So there and there's that, and that's inherent. You read a lot of the business or entrepreneurial books, or you know, and they, you know, you got to work 16 hour days. The guy, the other guy is working, you know, eight hour days. So, you know, so you got to work more. And I think that's certainly when we talk about the cultural pressures and the cultural, um, just, you know, I guess uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but the. It's an expectation. Yeah, the expectations are, you know, just the general message is more, 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 more. It's the story you've been told. Um, 400 years ago, you were turned into a machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. 400 years ago was the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, and these mechanical um, wonders were being invented, and all of a sudden things that were done by hand were being done by these mechanical machines, and machines just became the most wondrous thing on the planet. Excuse me. And about the same time was the Renaissance, the intellectual Renaissance. So this is where we had the philosophers like Descartes and we had um, Newton's science all sort of appearing at about the same time these beautiful, wondrous machines were changing the world that we lived in. And so quite literally, um, the philosophers and the deep thinkers of the time turned everything into a machine. They went, wow, what if... What if everything on this world, in this world, in this universe, was as wondrous as a machine? So, literally, the universe got turned into a big clock. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. It was a big clock that had cogs and wheels, and 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 the planets were going around, and the sun was going around the Earth at that. But it was all a big clock. Um, animals were made into anatron. I can't say the word. They they were they were mechanical. Beings, they didn't, you know, they didn't have a soul or an essence or or consciousness or anything. They literally were little machines with fur on. (laughs) And literally, and I need you to understand that we got turned into machines too. And so all of this beautiful natural instinct that we have in us and the and the seasons and the and the you know moving with the ebb and flow of the earth's seasons and energy and our own life's ebb and flow all of that got thrown out the window because the machine was far more amazing than that stuff so we have all grown up over the last three four hundred years it has become an essential part of society that we act like a machine and therefore if we're going to if we're going to accrue results and success, then we might as well work like a machine and just keep turning those cogs. You just mm-hmm. got because if you turn a machine off, it stops and nothing happens. We have to get beyond that. We're not machines. We are natural beings. We are made up of the same basic elements of the earth. We are literally made of stardust, like the, the atoms, the particles that make up our body. We're blown out of. of Nebula and stars billions and billions of years ago. We share almost identical um, genetics with the mammals that roam this earth, and we are less than 20,000 years, which is a blip yeah. in the evolutionary scale. 20,000 years ago, 
we were listening to the earth. We were working with our natural rhythms and we were paying attention. Well, goodness, 400 years ago, we were doing exactly the same thing too. But now because we have these fabulous little homes and we've got air conditioners and, and you know, thermostats that can keep us warm in winter, we don't need to worry so much about the seasons anymore. And we've come to revere the clock and the calendar. And the clock and the calendar have become godlike. They've become our kings. And therefore, we think that we're machines. And if we just do the right thing at the right time, then everything's going to happen for us. And if it hasn't worked the first time, it's because we didn't do it the right, we didn't do the right thing at the right time. Well, that's absolute polycock because that's not how life works. Because we, we can't control the seven and a half billion people around us and we can't control all sorts of, you know, elements and concepts that are going on. It's okay. To just do inspired action. It is okay to go, well, okay, what actually really feels like it could pay off at the moment? And not worry, and this is going to scare the daylights out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay to not be doing sometimes. Um, I often um, I compare life to going to a sushi. I hate sushi. I don't like seafood. <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I like my fish cooked. Yeah. Right. Stick with me into a sushi restaurant, like a sushi train. All right. Mm -hmm. I have to refer to life as a sushi sushi train. And you're sitting there, and you go and you take your seat, and the little conveyor belt, belt brings all the little dishes past. Okay. Um, and when you're when you're sitting there, you know that an opportunity is going to come by. You know that a dish that you like, not in your case or my case, but <laughs> <laughs> something will 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 pass before you that that takes your fancy. And in that moment, you'll instinctively, oh yeah, that looks great, and I'm going to grab, I'm going to take that. Okay. In, in that kind of restaurant, you don't get up from your chair and start running around and, and checking what's coming around the corner or what's the chef making out the back in the kitchen and, you know, and you, you don't do and do and do and do and do and do and do. You sit and you wait for the opportunity to come and then you take the action when it presents itself. Now, why could life and business not be the same? You can... You can run through the orchard and you can shake all the trees you like, but until the apples are ripe, then none of them are falling down into your hands. Yeah. True. And I think that um, perhaps something that you'd like to have a look at in your life is how many unripe opportunities do you waste time on? Mm -hmm. well, I can tell you just from projects, and you'd probably agree, how many right. times we've switched things up and you try something and move on mm -hmm. to the next thing. And right. Yeah, just, there's a constant feeling of if you're not moving, you're losing. Sure. Uh, and, and certainly not alone there, but there's an awful lot of business, busyness going on there. The, the interesting and sad thing in all of that is in all of that doing, you distract yourself from your own instinctive knowing, awareness. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes back, I think it reminds me of, you know, the work smart, not hard. That, you know, that's a, a common saying. It, it's kind of along the same lines as what it sounds like um, you know, we need to be doing. <laughs> Um, so I live here in Southeast Asia, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Singapore is a very vibrant city. There's a lot of doing going on here. But just up the road is Malaysia, and I spent some time living in Malaysia. Um, and certainly through the Philippines and, and all through Southeast Asia, um, because it's not a Western society, people still have a sense of 
connection with their own natural rhythms. Now, there's a little island off Malaysia called Penang, and there's a gentleman there who owns a, a corner store. He owns a grocery store. And um, every now and then the grocery store will be open, and this man will work 17 hours a day, and the store will be open for 17 hours a day, and you can buy whatever you want. And then after four days, it will be closed. And you'll see this gentleman lying on the hammock by the beach. <laughs> and he'll lie on the hammock by the beach, just loving life, until such time as he realised that his funds have gone a bit low. And he needs <laughs> And That's he needs funny. to open up the store again, right? That's awesome. Um, there is, I say that there is another way to be. Just because yeah. we've been told one particular story, just because we've been told or taught or read in a book that you have to work hard to, to get to where you're going, doesn't mean it's necessarily true. That's just so true on so many levels. I right. think I had a, you know, I had, I had open heart surgery about two years ago, and I think since then I've been much more aware of, you know, you know, you know I've, I've worked a lot this week. I want to go home. I want to go be with my family. I want to be with my kids, and the work will still be here in the morning. Right. <laughs> um, and I think that that was one of the tougher things for me was to start to be okay with I didn't finish that project, and that's okay. I can come back to it. It'll be here, you know, Monday, or um, if I want to – you know, go in a couple hours late because I'm having fun playing with the kids and then that's okay because when I'm at work, I know I'm going to be 100% there. And I think honestly what that's allowed me to do is when I'm at work, be 100% here and actually become a bit more efficient at work. And then when I'm at home, I can be 100% there. And so then, I'm, you know, you're, I've been more engaged with what I'm doing as opposed to, you know, when I'm go, 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 you know, particularly, I still get, that still happens occasionally. It wasn't yes, like a magical absolutely. surgery for me, but, <laughs> um, but at least now I can be a bit more aware where, you know, if I'm, you know, at home and I'm thinking about work or I'm checking my phone, okay, that'll be there in a couple hours. Go put that in a different room, <laughs> take away the temptation of looking at it and just be with your family, be where you are and just really enjoy it. Chris, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Oh, yeah. And, and I know it's hard because it's almost like you can become, no, no, we do become addicted to the busy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because what also happens, I think, when we're, when we're busy is that we can distract ourselves from all that other stuff, right? We might have lost a loved one a few years ago or we might have had a, you know, a terrible argument with a friend that we've never seen again. Um, we might have had a huge rejection at work or in our business. Um, as long as we're busy, we don't ever have to stop and think about it. Isn't that great? Yep. <laughs> yep. But the trouble is it's, it's in there and it's chewing us up in our unconscious anyway. It's causing all sorts of trouble in your behaviours and in your decisions and it's causing trouble in your open heart surgery, for goodness sake, okay? It's yeah. causing yeah. problems inside. Um, so when we move away from busyness, it is incredibly uncomfortable. Just like the saying, you know, you feel like a monster. Mm -hmm. When you stop being busy, it feels deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, they, I, yeah, and I mean, after so after I did have surgery, I mean, I went to I saw a therapist and to help. I was having anxiety issues, and you know, I was you know the way I dealt with it or my coping strategy was to become you know busy to kind of cover it up. <laughs> um, but it basically it allows you the the best analogy that he used that kind of hit home with me was 
uh, you know, if you have these feelings, you know, let's say you lose a loved one or whatever it may be in your life that's stressful, if you don't acknowledge it, you don't stop or take the time to actually acknowledge it and deal with it. He used the visual. I have two little kids, and so he said it's like your kid, uh, you know, pulling at your at your pant leg, saying, "Daddy, daddy, come play, daddy, I need this or something," and you just ignore it. And if you just ignore that kid, they're going to pull harder and harder and harder. Whereas if you just take a second to say, "Oh yeah, sure, you know, let me give you whatever you needed," then you can go back to your life. But then they go away and they leave you alone. And that's you know, that was his analogy of you know when you have a, an emotional you know feeling or, or something that's going on, you have to acknowledge it. And then you can move forward. And until you acknowledge it, you, you never will really be able to move forward. You can bury as much work on it as you want. You can bury as much other busy on it, but it's still going to be there and it's going to get louder and louder and louder. So two things that I just that I got from what you just said there. First of all, we have to learn not to fear ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because a lot of there's a lot of running away. There's yeah. an awful yeah. lot of busyness and, and distraction, as I was alluding to just before, running away because we fear what we're going to find if we stop. Okay, so first of all, we need to learn to stop fearing ourselves and know that we can handle whatever's going on in there. It's just a matter of, as you say, let's acknowledge it and, and, and bring it to light. Secondly, Chris, I'd love for you to start trusting yourself a little bit more. And by that I mean, as natural beings, we know how to thrive. Our ancestors mm-hmm. from Africa, and the reason we have like invaded the entire planet is because we built some incredible instincts on what was what was, and we still have those instincts inside of us. So, Chris, when, if you if you stop doing the busyness and then just trust that instinct when the instinct comes up. With, with a business um, a business opportunity or it might be someone that you meet, trust yourself and trust that you know how that you're going to lead yourself to the opportunities where you're going to thrive the most. Yeah, and I think that trusting is, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the times. Trusting is really, really hard. Um, yeah, any, so I, I think, you know, there's just been so many great points that you've had. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, if somebody, you know, obviously I think I personally relate a lot with owning a business and, and being an entrepreneur, you know, a father, stay-at-home mom, and you know, my wife stays at home and she works too, but um, she actually teaches kids in China uh, virtually, so she's, she's she's on the same time time zone as you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, you know, teacher in Chinese. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of the listener, in terms of some actionables, like, what would be like, your top, you know, couple ideas or or um, tips that you could give, you know, people listening that they could try to enact today, or um, try to be more aware of, you know, of those things that they're just being busy to cover up. You know, what would be okay. some advice that you could give them? Okay, so three, um, and I've just covered some of them, but top three pieces of advice: watch your language. If you say I should go and do something, red light alert. Okay, watch okay. your language. The, the, whenever you hear yourself saying that word, should stop. We, we think we may need to put up a sign. Yeah. No shoulds allowed. Oh, right. Put it up right over the door. <laughs> okay. Secondly, use unproductive time to actually unwind and reflect and connect with yourself. Okay. So if you're waiting to pick up the kids from school and you're sitting in the car outside on your commute, um, waiting in the doctor's or the dentist's waiting room, don't sit there waiting, anticipating what's coming next. Go, oh, look, I've got three and a half minutes of absolute clear, clarity and, and clearness in my schedule. And Use it. 
okay? And just use those little snippets of moments throughout your day of unproductive. When you're walking the dog, don't walk the dog with the phone in your hand, chatting on the phone or whatever. Walk the dog and just go, oh, okay, this is my moment to just reconnect with me. Thirdly, learn to let life come to you. Stop chasing opportunities and shaking trees. Learn to trust yourself, just like the sushi train, okay? I promise you it works. I promise you um, in the way that you have suddenly you know, come into my life. I didn't contact you. I had this beautiful, amazing email come to me. And, and, and that is how life can work. If you stop running around and chasing opportunities, you will be clearer eyed and you will be more aware and attuned to the really precious opportunities that come in the way. Wow. Oh, that's, that's awesome. A lot to take away from that. I really appreciate that, Kim. What uh? How can people get in touch with you if they want to, you know, get a hold of you? Obviously, you've got books and lots of resources. You you can help so many people. Um, how, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, my website, so it's kimforrester.net. Um, okay. and um, everything that I do and everything I teach has got links to it from there. So come and see me on kimforrester.net, and uh, I'd love to hear from anyone if they feel like they just want a little bit of a nudge um, into the more. Awesome. Cool. Well, we will definitely make sure we get all those uh, you know, in the show notes. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, oh, delight. So. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, as always, guys, you know, make sure uh, thumbs up, five stars, make Terry happy. Yes. Um, this has definitely been one of our uh, best interviews. We're so excited uh, and thankful to Kim for being here with us. Please go check out our website, uh, kimforrester.net. Um, she's just got so much um, to, to give, and, and I mean, I've gotten a lot out of this. Right. Just yeah. Getting to talk, I feel very lucky. So, yeah. um, thanks again, guys. Hope you guys have a great week, and we will talk to y'all soon.